Good morning, everyone. Lee Henson here, president and founder of Agile Dad, and welcome to today's edition of The Daily Stand-Up. Without any further ado, let's get started. It's hump day. We made it halfway through the week as we're discussing Agile Foundations. Today, I want to talk about, you know, although this is something that's not widely discussed, it's interesting. I found an article regarding the six scrum principles, and I thought that these key scrum basics are a good thing to cover. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to really dig in and see if we couldn't get those uh, here listed and uh, see if we can't talk about each one of them. So the first one I want to talk about is control over the empirical process. So when I'm talking about the empirical process, I'm talking about transparency, you know, keeping things lightweight, keeping things open, uh, you know, expecting people to know what's happening and creating clear visual indicators that show the work that's being done. Uh, So it's important for us to, when we talk about, you know, having control over the empirical process, making sure that we have ways to to make sure that uh, we are being transparent that we're checking regularly to make sure that uh, everything is maintaining a clear transparency and that the visual indicators are still working and meeting the needs of our key stakeholders. And, you know, checking in with our stakeholders frequently to show them product increment so that we can make adaptations, so that inspect and adapt is a big deal, so that we can make adaptation. You know, we want to make certain that if we need to pivot or we need to adjust, that we're having opportunities to do that. One of the things that I've found is in many agile organizations or in many scrum organizations, you know, they remember, you know, the transparency piece, they remember the inspect piece, but oftentimes when it comes to adapt, they struggle with making the fine tuning adjustments or the pivots. So I think it's important for us to respect that six, one of that number one of six scrum principles uh, to make sure we have control over the empirical process and that we understand what it means and that we're practicing it regularly. The second is a concept of self-organization. Now, this is self-organized team, self-organized workflow. You know, teams should be self-organized and self-policed. Now, it doesn't mean that the team members line everybody up against the fence and say, I'll pick Tom, I'll pick Susie. You know, we're not going there. Self-organization means that if the team feels like something is outside of their scope of knowledge or if the team feels like someone is not a good cultural fit for that particular group. I've had several opportunities where I've moved one individual from one team to another team and created a high-performing team as a result of making the move. And I think that teams should have the ability to vote or have the ability to look at or understand how self-organization works and that they should be sensitive to how they are going to approach you know, making changes or making adjustments or making pivots And what I can tell you is that in organizations or in companies where I see self-organization being practiced, where I see the teams being allowed to make critical choices and to adjust and pivot, those are the organizations where I see the greatest success. So number one was control over the empirical process. Number two is self-organization. Number three, probably my favorite, collaboration. I can't tell you how often I walk into organizations and we see that you know, there's no collaboration amongst the team members, there's no collaboration across teams, there's no collaboration with testing and automation groups, uh, there's limited collaboration with the stakeholders. So I think that collaboration and communication are the two keys to a very successful Agile implementation. So if you want to make sure you're being successful, these six scrum principles should probably come in handy. I think it's just important for us to collaborate and have a real good understanding of what collaboration means and how we're going to do it inside of our organization. 
Coming in at number number four is value-based prioritization. This means we're doing away with time. Hallelujah. Let's get rid of time when it comes to size, right? I often use the example that if I were to walk into a fine clothing store and ask for a 20-hour shirt and a 14-hour pair of pants, you know, people would think I was crazy because size isn't measured using time. Yet often we try to, you know, when we go to work, we try to equate the size of an item with how long it's going to take. And the truth is, different people have different skill sets, different tools, different levels of knowledge. There's so many things that we have to take into consideration, meaning that it's not practical for us to use time-based estimation and prioritization. I think it's important for us to understand the customer value, the business value, the strategic value, and the technology value in order to get good value-based prioritization. We should work on things that provide the greatest value that take the least amount of time, if it makes sense. Now, obviously, there are going to be some items where we have to adjust the prioritization to get things out because they're just foundational or they're dependencies. And and I get that, and it's totally understandable. I just think the mission here is to get people to start focusing more heavily on value-based prioritization and stop focusing on other methods or metrics that they're using in order to prioritize. Coming in at number five is time boxing. When I originally took the CSM from Ken Schwaber many, many years ago, one of the things he emphasized is everything in Scrum has a time box, and he's right. Even research has a time box. The last thing we want is for Parkinson's law to take over and for people to expand the work to fill any allocated amount of time. So we want to make sure that we time box to a sensible amount and that teams are comfortable with coming in with the level of work or level of expectation or level of effort that we hope they will achieve within that specific time box. Even if it means they did research and didn't come back with a great answer, it's okay. You know, it's up to the product owner to decide how much time or effort they want to put into research-based items. I think it's also important for us to make sure we time box each meeting. More information about time boxing and about these meetings can be found inside of the Agile Dad Scrum Meeting Guide, where we talk a lot about you know how to adjust time and how what duration each one of these meetings should be and how do we time box. But even conversations about specific topics should be time boxed. So it's important for us to understand what time boxing is, predetermining an amount of time for a set topic. And that we stick to it and that we hold to our guns and that we stick to it and figure out where time boxing applies, how we're going to apply it, and doing it in a way that makes sense. And finally, number six on our list is iterative design and development. And I know that sounds silly when you're talking about Scrum in general, but I think it's still important to remind everybody that we're not trying to cut down the forest in one swoop, right? Heaven forbid. What we're trying to do is say, hey, what makes sense and what's practical? You know, we don't try to get everything done at once. And although it's important for us to you know, understand and get a good view of the big picture, I don't know that it's important for us to try to achieve everything at once or to have everything in a backlog at once. Because the truth is, as you build something, people's ideas of what they're looking for might change. And people might change their scope and they might change their understanding. And they may shift and totally want something different over time. So I think the key here is for us to understand that if we have control over the empirical process, we're self-organized as a team, we collaborate often with each other and with our stakeholders, we are doing our prioritization based on value to the customer, value to the organization, and value to the longevity of the product or service we're building, 
we're time boxing each of our events and we're building things in an iterative fashion, that's almost going to guarantee success of our product or service. So these, these six scrum principles are just incredibly important. And while less popular than some of the other uh, things that we discussed, I think they are things that we need to focus on. As always, I hope this topic really resonated with you. If you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed here on an episode of the Daily Stand-Up Podcast, we certainly invite you to submit your topics to learn more at AgileDad.com, where we'd love to uh, get those on here and get your questions answered and talk about the topics that are most important to you. On behalf of the entire team at Agile Dad, we invite you to tune in for additional topics as we go on throughout this week and each day. Always 15 minutes or less, always relevant, always agile. Until next time, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay focused. Stay agile, my friends. Do take care.